This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. It's not only a Friday, it's also the Friday before the Thanksgiving long weekend. So everyone is doing something, hopefully, interesting, special, different to kick off the weekend for you, your loved ones, and maybe some planning of some gatherings. But I know it's not for everybody, but it's still something fun to think about. Just get festive. If you want to reach out to the show, tell us what you're up to. You can call us 1-866-505-4545 and leave us a voicemail. Please give us permission to play that on air if you want us to do so. Feedback at AMI.ca is our email address. And on Twitter, we are at AMI-audio. I'm Ramia Amadin and co-hosting with me for the last three days is Brock Richardson. We're also inviting in Grant Hardy because it's time for some headline chat usually gearing towards lifestyle on Fridays, but it's a little bit of everything these days. Grant, welcome back. Hello, folks. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Where do you want to start? Yeah, so we, you know, we've got the uh, long weekend coming up, which is going to be great and hopefully cozy for most people, but it's important to plan beyond that. And I think winter is going to seem a little closer from the other side of the long weekend. So I've got some tips from self for how to prep for seasonal affective disorder symptoms before they hit. This is something that, uh, you know, some of our provinces are obviously sunnier than others, but like here on the West Coast, we got some dark, rainy days ahead. And so symptoms of SAD can include sadness, gloomy outlook, feeling hopeless, worthless, or irritable, loss of interest or pleasure in activities you used to enjoy, withdrawing from loved ones, low energy, difficulty sleeping or oversleeping, uh, certain food cravings, weight gain, and even some more darker thoughts. Uh, but it's not all doom and gloom, don't, don't worry, because the key is just getting ahead of it while you still have that motivation rather than doing what I'm kind of doing right now, which is just pretending to myself that winter isn't coming. Actually, we've got some record warm temperatures here in October, so that's pretty easy to do. I'm actually still sitting outside every now and then on patio, but yes, apparently you're supposed to plan. So the key is to make sure to plan to be social. So for many people, summertime is synonymous with those rooftop rooftop hangouts the outdoor happy hours, the barbecues, the frequent trips to the park. As all that comes to a close, you may find yourself looking at a relatively empty social calendar. Uh, But while it might feel good to just chill out on your own uh, for a few weeks, you should be mindful of how much time you're spending with people outside your homes. You don't let that reset period become permanent. To hold yourself accountable, consider scheduling weekly or monthly hangouts, Uh, such as starting a book club or a dinner club or a uh, board game night. They also suggest trying to get back into indoor workouts, including a friend date at the gym or buying uh, inexpensive workout equipment for your home or just looking up an indoor workout routine. And uh, we actually did 
some uh, a review a while back on the Revision Fitness Accessible Fitness app. I'm thinking that could be a perfect way to get some workouts in. Uh, and if applicable, some accessible outdoor activities as well. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, have you guys uh, experienced? I know I personally uh, definitely have experienced these symptoms. How do you guys keep your winters uh, feeling energized? Yeah, it's definitely something you've shared on the show before, Grant. And I think that for me, um, I've been implementing these things without even necessarily realizing that I'm consciously doing it. So ahead of the real, real cold, like when we get into the deep freeze in Toronto, and that's usually Jan, Feb, which a lot of people call mm -hmm you know, winter blues, winter blahs anyway. Um, but December seems to be packed. November and December seem to be packed with any kind of opportunity, usually social, um, but all kinds of opportunities here in Toronto and the blind low vision community is quite active around the holiday time. But Jan, Feb is when we start feeling bad or feeling um, less motivated for me. Very low energy. I'd rather sleep in than anything else at all, including food related stuff. So I do one of the things on your list, you were saying like plan the social activities, right? And that's what I do way ahead of time. Like, hey, guys, you want to do this in January? You want to do this in February? And I try to get a core group of us, at least people who live near each other, because the second thing we don't want to do is commute and travel and, and transport ourselves to places. So people who live relatively nearby, at least once or twice a month, try to get something in socially so that we have something to look forward to and something to actually show up for, um, they, they keep you accountable for being there is really helpful for me. Yeah, I, th I think that's really smart. I, I remember even back when I was on a uh, dragon boat team, one thing I always said is like, because it's such a summer thing, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if we could sort of keep together, keep cohesively and just hang out as a team throughout the year. And True. Uh, we, we would kind of do that as we trickled into the fall um, but definitely as you hit those January, February months, it is harder to motivate yourself to do that. But it's just so important not to get into hibernation mode, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. The the thing that jumped out to me as you were talking about it was I think what has made a lot of people worry and compounded the issue more than already was the fact that when you got into the fall and the winter months, people started worrying about COVID and, and, you know, in the summertime, it's, it's not as much of an issue for some people, but in the wintertime, that's when the, the, you know, flu, cold and flu season, et cetera. And so for me, that's the thing that like, it's like, Oh, do I really want to do this? Because I don't know, I, you know, and so you're questioning it. But for me, the other thing on top of that guys is you look at the time outside and you're like, Man, it's four o'clock and it's pitch black outside. Oh, that's, that's it. What, that's where I find myself like, why am I so exhausted at four o'clock? Well, because the outside acts like it's midnight outside, you know, at four or five o'clock. And, and that's really hard to get yourself motivated at times like these. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And this this article does suggest doing sort of a FaceTime 
friend date, if you're very, mm. uh, you know, immunocompromised. But man, I got to tell you, those things are just draining, I would say. <laughs> you know, it is. It can be, um, and it can, like, even though you're not going anywhere, it can feel like, oh, another Zoom call that I need to get on. But that being said, Grant, I will say I have a biweekly call. Um, a lot of my my uh, friends, my girlfriends, who we've known each other for over 10 years now, we've all moved to different parts of either the country or internationally. So we try to do our best to keep these biweekly calls going, and that is quite nice because it's again like the standing social uh thing meeting that we can not just through the winter but throughout the year keep tabs on each other through it's nice ah that's really good to know but you guys have kept that working out yeah yeah um so maybe we'll move on here to a bit of a different note bit of a lighter note um, something that my province is doing, which is kind of interesting, is they're moving to create legislation that will permanently cap fees that are charged by food delivery companies. So the, this is from Global News. and The B.C. government has basically introduced uh, legislation to cap companies like Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Skip the Dishes from how much they can charge restaurants for Food delivery, if you can believe it, uh, they've been charging, uh, the cap actually has allowed them to charge only up to 20%, which is like kind of amazing that they can get away with even charging that or more. This was a, ca- a temporary thing kind of during the pandemic, and now we're looking at sort of rolling this out uh, in a more uh, permanent capacity. And it's also going to affect, take away their ability to take money away from the delivery driver. So I think this is a really big thing that I've heard about where someone reports, you know, I'm missing, I got the wrong order, or I'm missing my drink. And suddenly they end up like docking the driver's pay, which is like kind of mm-hmm. confounding. So I know you guys have talked about this. We've talked about this. We have so many companies like Uber and Skip that that are just so convenient, especially for people with disabilities. But I got to admit that their net positive effect, if you talk to their quote unquote employees who don't make minimum wage to their restaurants, to all the kind of people that this these middlemen deal with, uh, unfortunately, it, the effect is not always terribly positive. It isn't. No, it's, it, you know, I, you'll go to any, like any of them, really. Like I'll, I'll get a, you know, my wife and I'll decide, oh, let's, let's pick up food and let's not go get it because of whatever the reason is. And you think to yourself, okay, well, I'm getting a burger fries and a drink and and she's doing the same and then you think okay 25 30 dollars and all of a sudden you look up and you're like wait 45 dollars when i could have driven and saved that extra you know 10 15 dollars like it's just crazy the thing that i sort of get upset with and you sort of touched on it and i recognize it's not the driver necessarily because they're just the ones bringing the order and 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 doing what they're doing, but you often get the I'm I'm missing a drink or I'm missing this, 
And then the driver just kind of looks at you with their hands tied and goes, I'm sorry, call the restaurant, which doesn't help you in the moment of like, but I wanted whatever it is I'm missing. And they say, well, okay, we'll give you a credit, which is all well and good. But what if I wanted my drink or my (laughs) fries in the moment? Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be, you know, advantageous to use these all the time. It's almost like it's designed to purposely obfuscate kind of the whole situation. I remember my partner contacting support and saying, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm missing one of my, one of my, you know, tacos wasn't done the way I said it was supposed to be done. And they're like, oh, we're going to have to have a specialized support team look into this for you. And it's going to take a few days to get a response back. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like a funny one. You just have to laugh about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, when you're dealing with more serious stuff like transportation woes, you know, drivers not getting paid, it's kind of just set up in this weird way as to not really hold anyone accountable. Exactly. And the easiest thing for everyone to do is just say, okay, we're going to reimburse your money. And then where does that money come from? And who's getting that docked from their pay? I've had conversations with um, restaurant owners who take part in Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats, obviously, to just get the word out, right? If you're a new restaurant, um, it, it makes sense for you to get on some of these really popular apps and get noticed. But they were like, it's literally not feasible. They don't make any money. If anything, they're losing money being on these delivery apps. And it's a struggle, just a complete pain trying to keep up with the demands and the protocols and the fees and all of these things that the the, um, apps require. But, you know, we see little to none of that, eh? Like on our end of it as customers and consumers. We lose our money. Drivers don't get paid. Restaurants don't get paid. Ironically, these companies apparently are not that profitable. Wow. Where's the money going at? (laughs) Maybe it's time (laughs) to reevaluate a little bit here and come up with a bit of a better system. Okay, now let's go back to when uh, delivery was a bit of a novelty, you know? Thank you so much, Grant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, I'm totally kidding, by the way. Delivery is very important. All right, we're going to take a break. Be back with our app update. John Beeler is telling us about a few things to keep in mind. This is Kelly and Company. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 